Okay, so you're here for some great church leadership content. The podcast is great, but there's also another piece of content you need to be enjoying each week. It is the Leading Saints email newsletter. Now I get it. Email newsletters feel so 2006, you know? But it isn't as old-fashioned as you might think. It's actually one of the most popular pieces of content that Leading Saints produces. Each week, I share a unique leadership thought that can only be found in the newsletter. I keep it short and sweet. Most can read it in less than five minutes. And then we share with you recent content you might have missed, throwback episodes, and Leading Saints events that happen more often than you might anticipate. If you want to make sure you are on the email list, simply visit leadingsaints.org slash 14. That's leadingsaints.org slash 14. That will also get you 14 days access to our full library of content not available to the general public. So look for Leading Saints in your inbox by going to leadingsaints.org slash 14 or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, this is another How I Lead segment of the Leading Saints podcast, and this is where we talk with everyday leaders somewhere in the world and just simply ask them, how is it that you lead? Now, uh, I talk with Corey Perkins. He's a bishop of a married student ward in Boise, Idaho. And a few weeks ago, he responded to a uh, one, of, one of our newsletters that we send out every week, and he said, just sort of offhandedly like yeah we do this committee thing and have these four committees and that's really how we want to run our award and i leaned in and i thought huh tell me more and so i invited Corey to be a part of the podcast and really uh, i just love these types of interviews where someone shares just a really unique approach to running award and and creating a culture and motivating people and creating a, a unit that is uh, doing something together now it may not be a perfect fit for every ward out there but i think you'll appreciate Corey's perspective and approach and uh, his mission president was actually president ballard and so ask him a little bit about what it was like being a missionary with uh, president ballard so here is my interview with Corey perkins Corey perkins welcome to the leading saints podcast Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to share some experiences. Yeah. Now you are in uh, Boise area, Boise proper, and you're a, a, a bishop, which is, this is sort of a unique calling for outside of the Wasatch Front, in my experience anyways, is you're a bishop of a married student ward. Is that correct? Correct. Nice. And how does that, is that, uh, are there a lot of those wards or what's the makeup there and that experience in that area? So in Boise, or what we call the Treasure Valley, the surrounding area, there's only two married student wards. There are a number of single adult wards, but only two married student wards. Our ward is comprised of approximately uh, 210, 212 members. Mm -hmm. We have no primary, so... We have children. I would say 50% of our congregation has children. We have nursery, etc. But when their child gets ready for primary, we graduate them on to a traditional family ward. I see. Interesting. And so uh, is it a, like formal student housing that you cover or is it just they're spread out in different uh, living arrangements? Our, our uh, ward boundaries are 55 square miles. Wow. So nice. it's it just, if you're not going to Boise State University, you're in my ward. Oh, <laughs> okay. Anywhere from Boise, Napa, Caldwell, 
Meridian, Middleton, Star, CUNA, and we have members from all of those communities that are bedroom communities to Boise. Okay. And so you said if, if they're not going to Boise State, then they're, they're in your ward? Correct. If they're not going to Boise State and living on campus. Okay. They're in gotcha. my ward. Gotcha. And so, um, but you do have some that are just in a traditional neighborhood and they yes. could go to a traditional ward, but make the choice to come to your ward. Correct. And mainly because of the Bishop is so awesome, I would guess. Right. <laughs> I, I, I highly doubt that <laughs> they like the camaraderie and fellowship uh-huh. of their peers. Nice. Well, and, and to the opportunity to learn church administration, have experiences at a very high level at an early age in life. Nice. And how does that uh, how does that look like? There, you just have young leadership. Like, are your counselors both uh, younger and in those types of things? They are. I have a medical student that is uh, my second counselor. My first counselor uh, is going to school. They were both ordained high priests at a very young age. That's the direction of the church. Mm-hmm. So we have elders quorum, release society presidents that are very young. <laughs> Nice. That's great. It's and so awesome. every everybody has the understanding that when their child is over, what is it, over 18 months and then and then a new year starts, that they need to move on? Or how does that three, work? When their child three. is three and they would be getting ready to go into primary, that's when we graduate them out of the ward and into a family ward. Nice. Nice. And I assume they see it coming, so few are offended oh, yeah. by, by that. <laughs> There, there is some weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when they have to leave the ward. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Interesting. Well, and I, I want to highlight here that, so you uh, replied to one of my uh, newsletters. We send out a newsletter every week, typically on Tuesdays, with, uh, that has the you know, different content that we've come out with uh, the past week. But then I also share a, a simple, so it's usually simple, sometimes I tie myself in knots, but a simple leadership lesson or thought, I should frame it, a leadership thought uh, that is maybe thought-provoking. But you've never really listened to the podcast. You've mainly only read the newsletter. Is that right? That is correct. Wow. I tell people they're out there, but they, because most people know us as a, you know, Leading Saints is a podcast, but like, no, we're lots of things. Podcast is probably the most popular thing, but you uh, get the newsletter and, and read it most weeks then. <laughs> Every edition you put out, I read. Nice. <laughs> and then, I mean, what, uh, and then you said you sometimes take that to your ward council just to generate some discussion? Yes. I, I like that you give me things to think about and to ponder. And then nice. I usually receive additional thoughts. And then I want to take those thoughts to the ward council to see if they can expound upon that. So I use it kind of as the foundation from which to build and see if it it can be applicable in our ward, in our situation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, especially just framing it as, even though I'm not, (laughs) I mean, maybe it feels weird at first to think that to bring this third party voice of some guy who does a, a newsletter to bring it into word council, but it also allows you to bring a topic in and say, hey, this this is from a third-party source. This is what he thinks. What do you think? And then it's not, you know, they don't feel like they have to go along with your opinion because that's your opinion. This is a third party, and that hopefully generates some discussion. 
Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And now this is your, your second go at being a bishop. So were you a bishop the first time in a, I guess, or there's a certain term for it now, a geographic, a geographical unit award? <laughs> yes, the term we use in, in Idaho is a traditional family ward. Yes, nice. And how long ago was that and how long did you serve there? I served there a little over six years and that was probably 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Nice. So you forgot everything you learned from that experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, nice. that, it, I, my heart goes out to bishops and family wards. That is so difficult. I, I'm in the celestial kingdom is what I tell people dealing with married students, the issues mm-hmm. that present themselves with a lot of the family ward bishops. I don't deal with. So thus, I've served over 10 years in my current calling. I'm not burned yeah. out. Interesting. So you're uh, 10 years. And is that was that the expectation up front? No, it was three years. I was told it was going to be a three-year calling. At three years, they said, hmm, would you, re- would you re-up for another three? And I go, sure. And then after six, they said, would you re-up for another three? And so you can see why I'm now past 10 years. Oh, interesting. And there's no end in sight as far as what they're telling you. <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> Interesting. Well, I guess it sounds like you enjoy the calling and don't mind showing up each Sunday. And so you'll keep doing it. I keep doing it. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Um, so what? How would, you, how would you articulate like the uniqueness of this type of leadership role in, in a married student ward? You said you don't maybe don't deal with some of the traditional concerns, maybe a traditional family ward. Bishop deals with, but so how would you expound on that? Well, in a in a traditional ward, I I focused a lot on the young men, young women. I and of course I don't have that situation now. I did right. a lot of of what I'm going to call helping the poor and needy. Mm-hmm. Well, students, I don't have any poor and needy, mm. <laughs> so that responsibility is gone. So my main responsibility is to train, develop the next leaders of the church. Nice. Nice. Doctrinally based, testimony of the Savior, make sure that they are firmly planted on the covenant path when they leave my ward, that they have established what I call daily sacred routines that will enable them to be true disciples of Christ forever. Love it. And is there a certain like general approach you take in order to, to do that in order to, to train? I mean, is it uh, focuses of lessons? Do you rotate through your ward council maybe more often than, than others? Or how do you go about achieving yeah, that goal? As, yes. As a student ward, there's great flexibility in a year. I can have, three elders, four presidents. I have gone through four counselors in a year. So it, it, there's always turnover because students are fluid. They come in, they come out, uh, they graduate. Yeah. So, it, But I have established a pattern or a process in our ward that focuses on a ward theme. Everybody is given a magnet, we call it, with a picture that corresponds with our ward theme. For instance, our ward theme this year is 
how will I prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ? And we put in temporal and spiritual. So everybody in our ward will take their, their magnet, and these are usually five by sevens, and they will fill in with a felt tip marker what is their temporal goal to help them prepare for the Savior's coming. They will put in what their spiritual goal is. They will then take a picture of that that ward magnet, send it to me, I cut it out, and we have a, a bulletin board in the, in the church where I put everybody's goal on our bulletin board. It's awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, that's wow. While they're standing outside my office, they can sit there and look at, oh, well, look at the Gibsons. They're doing this and that. And, it, and then every month, one Sunday, we pick three couples to come and tell us and give us a report of how they're doing on their temporal and spiritual goals. Those are my mm. favorite sacrament meetings. Wow. So that's the that's the backbone. Um, we also have created committees. I, I served under President M. Russell Ballard in Toronto, Canada. Oh, cool. And so I had written down in my journal that he spoke about councils and committees in one zone conference. And what I liked about President Ballard is he would say, if I was a bishop, I would do this. <laughs> so I wrote it down. And when I became a bishop, I remembered what he said. And so oh, cool. he, he mentioned committees. And there is the threefold or fourfold mission of the church. So I took his idea of committees and divided my ward into a redeem the dead committee focuses on temple and family history. We have a perfect the saints committee, which focuses on service. My personal belief is that we do very good. Generally speaking as a church, taking care of our own, our brothers and sisters, our focus, because we have no, welfare or poor and needy in my ward, we focus outside. We're community focused. We have partnerships with our local um, homeless shelter. We serve them twice a month. We have a, a, a battered woman's shelter that we also support. We have the Ronald McDonald House that we have a partnership with. And so every month we are doing multiple service activities for these community um, entities. Everybody wants to be in our Perfect the Saints committee because they love serving at the homeless shelter hmm. or at the battered uh, woman's shelter or children's shelter. So um, we, we have that. We also have our activities committee and our missionary committee. Nice. And then how do you go about, like, with these committees, are they, is there a committee rep showing up at Word Council, or do you have separate committee meetings? Or, I mean, how do you um, administer to these different committees and keep them going? So, because the temple is my passion, I am the co-chair. I have a, a, a sister in the ward that co-chairs with me the Redeem the Dead Committee. She is a part of the ward council. My first counselor is over the activities committee. He also has a couple that are the co-committee chairs. And so each of my counselors and my 
uh, executive secretary help co-chair each of those committees. We bring all of those folks in with our ward councils. Wow. So it's a big ward council. <laughs> Huge. Nice. Nice. And I guess this, so either you or one of your counselors is a, a committee member on every committee. Correct. Nice. And I think that's, that's similar to how the church, you know, the church has different committees and typically on those committees, you're going to find apostles or organizational leaders and, and whatnot, right? Correct. We do that for two reasons. We want to talk about some things in bishopric meeting with just my counselors. But we always take a step back and we let our co-chairs, members of the ward, they're front and center. They're really the ones that are holding the committee meetings. They're the ones that are dealing with their committee members. And then they report back to the bishopric member who then we talk about it in ward council as well as bishopric meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then how do you avoid, I would imagine with, with these different committees and, and you see in even traditional wards, uh, sort of this silo concept where, you know, the elders quorum's doing their thing and the, you know, the release side is doing their thing. The primary is doing their thing. And, and it's hard to, you know, maybe in these committees, someone has a great idea and they sort of, they, they, they go for it and they're doing maybe an activity or this concept, but how do you make sure you stay sort of with one vision or direction as a, a unified group of committees? So each member of a Relief Society presidency and Elders Corps presidency are members of a committee. Hmm. So they fold their committee assignment into a, a, a support for the committees. Mm -hmm. So it's not really a release society activity. It's more a committee activity where the release society participates. It's kind gotcha. of a little different. So, so give me an example of maybe like an activity or a concept that one of these committees came up to, and then how do the, the traditional organizations like fold into that effort? Okay, so just last week we had a responsibility to feed uh, at the homeless shelter. So there's usually between 200 and 300 people that, that come to the shelter, and we provide all the food and the manpower to buy the food, fix the food, serve the food, um, fellowship with those participants in the shelter, and, and clean up. The chair of that committee will go to members of the committee, which are elders and Relief Society, and make assignments. They'll make assignments equally to both of those organizations. Mm, gotcha. And then those organizations make sure that those assignments are fulfilled, right? Correct. Nice. So uh, when when that request like from the community comes in, you don't necessarily take it to a ward council and say, "Let's see which you know which uh, which group should we put over this." You just automatically default to that um, perfect the saints or perfect the saints. So it just automatically goes to that committee, and then they, from there they know, okay, we need you know ten people or whatever, and so I'm going to go talk to the. Because in a student ward, we don't have a full young men, young women's organization. We don't have a full Sunday school, so yeah. we don't have a lot of callings. 
So this gotcha. is one way where we can give callings to committee chairs, and each there is also like a co-chair with, with me, but there are four subcommittee co-chairs. Mm-hmm. As yep. additional callings, gives people the chance to serve. And so when we have to, like, we'll, we'll, they'll all, well, the, the co-chairs will come to board council and they'll say, okay, this month we're serving at the homeless shelter on these dates, Elders Quorum, I'm going to need this. Relief Society, I'm going to need this. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's all coordinated within the ward council. Yeah. So is it safe to say that uh, that every um, every committee, like you said, has a member of the bishopric on it, and every com- committee has a member of the Elders Quorum and Relief Society presidencies on it? Correct. Gotcha. And then there's additional committee members that maybe aren't in a presidency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, each committee's probably got 30 to 40 members on it. Okay. I mean, our entire ward is divided up into quarters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and divide up into quarters as geographically or just according to committee? According to committee. Okay. And then on an annual basis, we rotate committees. Oh, interesting. So in four years, which is usually freshmen to graduating, they will have served on every committee. Oh, I love it. Okay. And so it's safe to say that everybody in the ward is on some committee. Everyone. Oh, okay. Nice. And then, so as a new person comes in, and I guess this this with semesters and whatnot, you get a chunk of, of human resources that come in. Yeah. Uh, you're just automatically making sure that everybody has been assigned to a committee. Yes. What we do is we have something called a meet and greet interview that is conducted by the bishopric, a member of the bishopric. We meet the couple. We like to see what they're involved with, you know, just to orient them, orientate them to what the ward does. We ask them, hey, we've got these four committees. Do you have a desire to serve on one of them? Hmm. And it, they all have a desire to serve on, on one of those committees. And so we just say, okay, we're going to put you on the missionary committee because that's a desire of yours. But in your four years in this ward, you're going to serve on all the committees. And everybody goes, oh, well, that's exciting. That's great. Yeah. So oh, we try to match it up with their personal um, interests, at least for the first year, mm-hmm. and then rotate them around. And then is each committee member uh, sustained in sacrameting and set apart? No. Okay. Only only the chairs. So gotcha. These are, okay. Yeah. These are just, I'm, I'm going to call them ad hoc committee assignments. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Because it could be, I mean, that would be somewhat of an administrative nightmare to, you know, read the long list of names in sacrameting that make sure everybody's set apart. And and there's yeah. nothing wrong with just saying, no, you're just a committee member. And and then a lot of them probably have an additional calling, right? That is correct. Well, everyone, yeah, would have, uh, well, not everyone, but most of them are serving in Relief Society presidency, Elders Forum presidency, Sunday school presidencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, because our traditional ward callings are very limited in our ward. We wanted to give everybody the opportunity to serve. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then, um, do I would imagine each committee, do they have like a, a regular formal committee meeting third Sunday of every month. 
Is it during the two-hour block that they meet, or how does that work? It's after the two-hour block, and we have something called a linger longer. Ah, uh, nice. Work well, the food in there, right? <laughs> we have food in there. So we have committee meetings. They can last 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes, and as soon as the committee meetings are done, then we feed them. Oh, nice. Okay. And some committee meetings maybe go longer than others, but... Yeah, it is what it is, and it is then you all meet up and and eat. Yep. Oh, I love it. All right, very helpful. Uh, man, and so, did you do anything when you were the bishop the first time in a traditional family ward? Did you do anything similar, or if you if you were to do that calling again, would you do something similar? I tried in a family ward to do this, and it was not successful. I don't know if it was it was not successful because of my ward members or because of the leadership. <laughs> yeah. and I'm pointing all the fingers at me, no one else. Yeah, sure. um, so I, I, I did try, and it was just an administrative nightmare. And so my ward council actually came to me, and they said, okay, Bishop, it's, it's time to stop this. <laughs> and so I said, okay. You're, yeah. you're, you're the boss, so I'll, I'll, I'll back off. Yeah. Um, so I think it could work. I do have bishops that are personal friends of mine that are doing this in other traditional wards and are being successful. Hmm. And so you said it was sort of administrative nightmare. What, what do you mean by that? Or, or what, made, what do you think made it not work as well in, in the traditional ward? I think there was pushback from members saying, okay, you want me to serve in a calling. You want me to home teach, visiting teach. You want me to minister. Oh yeah. And, and now you want me to be a member of a committee along the lines, the four, you know, the, the fourfold mission of the church. And you just want to keep adding things to my plate. Yeah. Yeah. So it came across maybe as overwhelming or one more thing. And yes. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I get it. And I mean, in a student ward in my student ward, 96% of them have temple recommends. Mm -hmm. That's not in a traditional ward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's all different levels of engagement in a traditional ward where in a student ward, I'm a hundred percent engagement. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, and then does, does the ministering fit into the committee model in any special way, or you just do, you know, everybody's assigned ministering brothers and sisters and that's, it just works traditionally. It just works traditionally. Gotcha. Okay. And then you have a missionary committee. So, but do you also have a, a ward mission leader? I do. Okay. And he's the chair of that committee. I would imagine. He is the co-chair. Okay. Correct. Because Love a member it. of the bishopric is also a co-chair. Gotcha. Uh huh. But he he basically leads the discussions. He leads the direction of where it's going with input, if necessary, from the bishopric. Nice. Very good. And then with these committees, you know, redeeming the dead, missionary, uh, missionary work, perfecting the saints, and then word activities. Uh, obviously, you know, you can draw upon the the. I guess a fourfold mission of the church if to, to help formulate these committees, but you could really just say, what are the needs of the wards? What, what, what type of committees would really be helpful and maybe just go that direction. Is that safe to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the ones that just work for your ward and, and your efforts, right? Correct. Love it. 
Very good. Anything else about the committee model or function that we haven't touched on? I, I love exploring this stuff. They just work really, really well. Everybody's engaged. And maybe that's because of the membership of a student yeah. ward. Yeah. I mean, at minimum, this would definitely be something for a student ward bishopric to just consider, right? And, and well, see if they know so. it fit. Yeah. It's been highly successful. Nice. Um, I want to go back to the this magnet you have, and and you say that they put two goals on there, or is it the four quadrants? No, they put they. Uh, so this year's magnet has a picture of the second coming of Christ as he's coming down with okay. the saints behind him. We've all seen that. We've yes, got yes. the clouds, and then he's he's descending. So that's that's the inspirational picture, and then we have a quote um, by Elder Holland. You know that. Decisions have to be made in our lives, you know, to follow Jesus Christ, to be become disciples. And then we have a space for the temporal goal of the couple and the spiritual goal of the couple that they fill in in felt tip marker. And we use it as a magnet because we want them to see it every single day. It goes on their refrigerator at home. Gotcha. And so they take a picture of that, and then I, I print out the picture, and and I put, like, the family name, Perkins, over across the top, cut out their their little photograph of the magnet, and put it in our two bulletin boards. So everybody can go up there and say, oh, well, Bishop Perkins, his temporal goal is this. His spiritual goal is this preparing he and his wife for the second coming of Christ. Love it. Okay. And then everybody's aware that you're going to post these. So maybe if it's a a goal that's more private, they won't, they won't put it on there for everybody to see. (laughs) I've never had that happen. Okay. Love it, man. And I would love if you could snap a photo of the, of a blank magnet. I'd love to to share that. And even this wall of, of goals, you know, if it makes sense to do that, it'd be fun to, to see that it's like and i love like the principle of that like what a like building visuals as leaders is so powerful you know and and seeing that visual of all these goals on a bulletin board i mean that and you can't miss it when you walk in on sunday i bet you you can't you it's right outside my door the bishop's door uh-huh. and especially the new members as they come in number one they want to find their magnet <laughs> they, they, they want to do that because when a new member comes in, we have an orientation. We call it a meet and greet. So we talk to them about our ward theme. We talk to them about our magnet and, and what we want to accomplish and how they can help us and establish those. And so then we give them, give them their, their magnet, their ward theme magnet, and they fill it out and take a picture of it and send it to me. So they all want to see theirs and then they want to see what other people are doing. Yeah, that's cool. And then every every Sunday we pick three couples and they talk about their temporal and their spiritual goal. How did they come up with that idea? How are they doing? What changes have they made? And our ward loves, we do it on the fourth Sunday, our ward loves the fourth Sunday because mm. we're going to hear from their brothers and sisters talking about the ward theme. Yeah. Yeah. And so on the fourth Sunday, you have, you said three couples that yeah. will speak in sacrament meeting. And, so, and they're, I imagine, more abbreviated since there's six people that are going to be talking, right? Yes. 
Gotcha. And then the other Sundays is there, you know, obviously fast and testimony meeting and then Correct. general, just traditional sacrament yep. meeting. Talks, I counsel right? Sunday. We, yeah, uh -huh. traditional. We, we just selected the fourth Sunday as our, as our ward theme. I love it. I love it. Has, do you ever get any outliers that maybe are resistant to, you know, jumping on board with the goals and, and talking about them? I've now served almost 11 years as the bishop of this marriage student ward, and I have never had a couple refuse to participate. Wow, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, any other stories of, that have come to mind that of, of that goal-setting process with the different themes that, that really made it transformational for individuals? I think our key is what we do in sacrament meeting. When these couples get up and they talk about how they prayerfully considered a temporal goal. Now, I will say most of our temporal goals are get out of debt, get a year supply of food, uh -huh. <laughs> pay off the car. <laughs> I mean, something that is real to a student population. Yeah. And then um, the other, so it's either the brother or sister that'll talk about their temporal goal, and then the other part of the couple, brother or sister, will talk about their spiritual goal, and mm -hmm. they'll and they'll talk about wanting to deepen their relationship with Christ, wanting to go to the temple more often, family yeah. history, and it just it's a it's marvelous to hear them talk about that spiritual journey that they went on to determine the goal that they put on their ward magnet for everyone to see. Yeah. Love it. Really good. Uh, so you, you mentioned this earlier, but I just have to ask your, your mission president was uh, president Ballard. Uh, what do you remember? And I actually, this past year finished his, his uh, new biography that came uh -huh. out and, and those, those years of him serving in Toronto were really inspiring to read about. Uh, what do you, like, what do you remember about his leadership style and just how he, he did things uh, as a mission president? Very no-nonsense. He had hmm. very high expectations of his missionaries. And I can just speak for myself. I mean, I wasn't an assistant to the president. I was his own leader. Uh -huh. But he had very high expectations of his missionaries and then held us accountable. It was uh, 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 loving, but I mean, everyone knew our mission. What were we supposed to be about? How we conducted ourselves? Uh, and, and I mean, I always liked in our zone conferences or when he would meet with, with leaders, you know, if, if I was a missionary this is what I would do. If I was a bishop, this is what I would do. If I was a stake president, this is what I would do. And I wrote all that stuff down. No, that's great. Just that, that no nonsense, but loving high expectation leader. And, uh, obviously he was, I would imagine he was quite a successful mission president. So yes, absolutely. Cool. Well, anything, any other point or principle we, we didn't touch on that we, you want to make sure we cover before we wrap up. One of our committees, is on the temple. Of mm -hmm. course, that's redeemed the dead. And that is a favorite of the ward. And how, why is that? 
we have the expectation that during that year, each member will do family history and find 10 names, their own names, their own relatives, that they will take to the temple and do all ordinances. Oh, cool. And then twice a year in a sacrament meeting, we have members of that committee bear testimony about their experiences in the temple with redeeming their own dead. Wow. It is powerful. I bet. Wow. And I just love that concept of, you know, obviously temple works good, family history is good, but you're also like stimulating an experience, an individual experience for someone to have and then to to witness of it, you know, in a, in a formal setting at church. Well, yes, definitely. I mean, in our committee meetings that happen on the third Sunday, this is what members talk about. They say, well, how do I find this individual? How do I do this? How? And, and so it's a very nuts and bolts approach mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. And then they just go do the work. And then they are so excited when they said they, they report back during our monthly meetings, Hey, I've taken three names through all ordinances of the, of the, the temple only seven more and then they just report back and they they bear testimony of the special the special feelings and and how it's drawn them closer to their yeah. kindred dead it's incredible yeah wow i love it love it well Corey, this has been fantastic I've, I've learned a lot and i just appreciate these unique approaches and you know like you said it may work for some wars may not for others but or there maybe there's a a hybrid model or an adjusted model that would work for, for, uh, you know, depending on the local needs and whatnot. And so I really appreciate this perspective and, and, uh, and what, what you're doing there. And, and I, does your home ward just think you're perpetually inactive or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe someday you'll be able to get back there, but we'll see. Obviously you're enjoying what you're doing and uh, I hope they beat me in this calling for the rest of my life, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's not a bad desire. So really cool. Well, Corey, the last question I have for you, as, as you reflect on your time as, as a leader, as, as a bishop of that married student ward, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? I will admit that coming off of being a bishop before in a family ward, I had the erroneous idea that I knew everything. I have learned far more from these students and these young couples than I have ever taught them. My testimony has been strengthened by their valiant dedication to the Lord. I am a changed individual because of my service in this calling, much more than the members of my ward. They have taught me. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense, and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's 
that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them and... Uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. And remember, to get on the email newsletter list, simply go to leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.